Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Christopher Deback, the assistant uh, police chief for the city of Biloxi. So many dedicated first responders and leaders in in this arena, and it's a pleasure of mine to be able to bring all of them to you, or at least you know the key the key folks to you from multiple cities here on Coast View as we celebrate them. Now we're going to shift gears and move over to my old friend, uh, Chief Nick Geyser from the Biloxi Police Department. I went and checked, Nick, as I said to you before the show started, it's been a year since we visited. I mean, it's amazing that a year has passed, but I really enjoyed that, that visit. How You had just been appointed the, uh, the the chief there at the fire department. How uh, How's it going? Uh, great. Great. Uh, you know, it's uh, first year is always a learning curve um, because, you know, uh, like the old adage, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so, uh, it's been a learning year. Uh, we've we've purchased uh, uh, the the mayor and city council allowed us to purchase three new uh, fire trucks. They should be in towards the beginning of 2023. We're we're anticipating February March timeframe. Um, they're going to go out uh, to replace uh, the older trucks in the wool market area. So uh, each fire truck gets about a 20 year lifespan. Uh, we obviously annexed in that area back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So we're coming uh, to their end of life, the, the current trucks. Um, but uh, we're excited. Uh, we're excited about, you know, updating those trucks because, you know, of course, with everything else, uh, technology continues to progress, even in fire trucks. And um, uh, we're, we're updating several different things there. And one of them is going to be right there in uh, uh, the area of Biloxi High, all the Biloxi schools. So we're having the uh, the... Uh, Biloxi Schools emblem put on that one. It'll be a uh, it'll be kind of a recruitment tool, a way to uh, go sit at the football games and baseball games and kind of get get a little bit of our uh, uh, our support towards the school system. Listen, I remember our conversation so well. It's amazing how looking at your face just kind of conjures up all that we talked about. But you joined the department in 2004, if I remember this right. And the reason I remember it so well is that you had joined the department just a year before Katrina and less than a year before Katrina. Katrina hits and you literally cut your teeth as a fireman in the post-Katrina world. And you and I had a lot of conversations about how your, you know, the experience of, um, of rescuing people and then not being able to rescue people when the, when the storm got to a certain point and then, you know, all the, the, the search and recovery that happened afterwards and, you know, having to unfortunately see so many people that perished during the storm and how that changes you as a firefighter. And, of course, you went on to play, have very significant leadership roles along the way, safety among them, uh, excuse me, training among them. And um, and so you had you had a real real good background and all that, and it helps to have literally cut your teeth in the worst natural disaster in American history. It makes you a stronger leader when you're in that situation. That's what we talked about. But you probably it's probably helped you now that you've been in the job for a year. It probably has helped you in so many ways that you're able to convey to people. On a, it's just part of your story, isn't it? Yes, sir. Um, so. From a leadership aspect, uh, you know, going through that time as a new firefighter, 
Uh, I was fortunate to be with some some great leaders at the time. Uh, former Chief uh, Chief Boney, um, he was my battalion chief. He pretty much led the east end of town. Uh, my captain was uh, Andy Mason. He is my ops chief here. Uh, does a fantastic job. Um, you know, and then the rest of the the admin staff here uh, all came through that time. Uh, so we all, you know, are able to relate uh, on that aspect, and it it really opens your eyes. Uh, one, it it made us realize the the needs of the city um, on a on a greater scale, especially during a disaster like that. Um, it also helped us to. Uh, you know, try to predict the future. You know, you never know what the future holds. I mean, obviously, nobody predicted that to uh, to happen. But um, it does give us a little bit better of a basis to uh, anticipate these these purchases, like the ladder tr- uh, the the trucks that we're we're purchasing now. The uh, the the equipment that we purchase is almost all geared towards what could possibly happen, not just the immediate reaction. We're trying to be more proactive towards it. Yeah, I wondered, you know, it's interesting, and we'll get we'll get to some of these items that we're going to talk about here shortly, but when you watch something like Hurricane Ian go into an area uh, south of Tampa that hadn't been hit by a big storm like that before, in, in some respects, certainly it wasn't Katrina, but it did bring water into areas that never flooded before, and it probably you, you think, gosh, as a nation, we got to do a better job of communicating with people what is possible because the majority of the people who died in that storm drowned, and you, and it's like history repeating itself. I'm just curious as a as a police chief that went through that experience and you watch something like that unfold unfold and and with Hurricane Ian down in Florida, does it does it frustrate you or do you think about it or what what goes through your mind? Um. It doesn't really frustrate me. Um, you know, we, we understand, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems with Katrina, the, the word was out, you know, re, you know, get out of low-lying areas. The problem was is that you set a standard, and, and it's human nature. Um, you know, a lot of our uh, older population that had gone through Camille, you know, they had been told there's never going to be another Camille, um, that sort of thing. And, and you know, the house that they may have been in was not flooded, didn't take on any water. Um, and then, you know, Katrina piled eight more feet of water uh, on top of what Camille had done. Um, so I understand it. Um, you know, it's more of a, you know, you wish you could do better. Um, but it's one thing that, uh, you know, just do better getting the word out, do better making people aware but you. In these tourist areas, you've got so so much of an influx of people from out of out of the region. Some heed the warnings, and then some listen to neighbors that say, "Oh no, you're never going to see another Katrina," and and you know you hate it. Um, but you know, you're never going to change that. I don't think. Uh, yeah, you know what it is though. What it is, it's a great reminder to us here in this community to don't see the more time that passes the more the memory fades and then more new people come to the community don't have any memory about it. And it just puts more onus on us who are in roles to communicate with the public around situations like that to just do everything in our power to help them understand and get educated so they can make the best decisions. Because usually the decision is being made based on bad information. Like, like you know, A.J. Holloway said many times, that Katrina killed more, excuse me, Camille killed more people in 2005 than it killed in 1969 because people made decisions, so many in Biloxi 
made decisions to stay, and way too many were killed as a result of that. We'll, we'll move on. I'm just curious. You heard uh, you had the opportunity, and by the way, j- during the break, uh, it was cool to see Nick and Christopher you know, kind of chat with each other. Obviously, that tremendous respect for each other. They like each other. You can tell just from the conversation they were having. But uh, recruiting is something we talked about uh, before. Certainly, Christopher Deback and I talked about it just a few minutes ago. But how's recruiting going for you these days at the fire department? Um, you know, it's a challenge, uh, you know, with any uh, public service uh, industry right now. Um, you know, we're not quite in the same situation as uh, as the police department. Um you know, due to, you know, their misfortune of having a lot of the movements of the defund the police and, and that sort of thing. It, it's, uh, you know, I think our problem is getting the word out about the uh, the aspects of our job, how rewarding it is, um, the other opportunities that it presents uh, through a lot of the, the fields. Um, fire department has basically had to reinvent itself um, because of building codes and fire codes that have been instituted, which are great. Um, so we we might call ourselves a fire department, but we are not fighting fire as much as we used to. Um, we are more of a uh, medical service, uh, more of a rescue service. Um, but that comes with with a lot of opportunities to um, to reach out to other areas uh, and really really have a really uh, a rewarding uh, training experience through all of what we do. Um, but yeah, as far as recruitment, uh, it it's. We are having to uh, reinvent the wheel uh, to an extent. Uh, my assistant chief, uh, Jason Earl Davis, he uh, he has taken the uh, bull by the horns, and he is doing a fantastic job. So he is he's keeping our numbers to where it's uh, manageable. Um, it doesn't take quite as long to. Uh, in fact, it takes about a quarter of the time that it used to back in the early 2000s to get on the fire department. Um, you know, we've we've done several things. Civil service has been great. Admin up at City Hall has been great helping us kind of progress into the 21st century of of the new generation and the way they see a a career, a job. Um, you know, there's a whole different aspect. They don't uh, look at things like me and you and, and different ones from different generations looked at it when they were looking at a career. Yeah. Hey, listen, I, I, I'm surprised that I didn't remember this. It was a, Of course, it was a year ago. But not long after you and I spoke, um, I had a had an emergency at my house. My granddaughter stopped breathing, and you may remember I was a paramedic at one time, and was uh, it was she had a, she had an unfortunate um, yeah, ailment that was manifesting itself in the way that it literally stopped her from breathing. And I did mouth to mouth on her, and uh, it, eventually she started to breathe again. But Two different, uh, when they heard a child not breathing, uh, you know, you guys dispatched a couple of different uh, stations to my house. And, of course, when they got here, they saw that she was breathing. Obviously, they were incredibly relieved. Uh, she was still obviously in very serious condition and needed to get to the hospital quickly. But, man, I was amazed at how quickly they got there, how professional they were. And then, of course, when she got out of the hospital, we went by to see the, the, the houses just so that they could see her and see she – because, unfortunately – when he, in a situation like that, it, it can be incredibly critical. And unfortunately, you can see some really dire situations. And it really worked out well in this case. And um, I appreciate you guys and professionalism you showed me and my family during that time. So, hey, listen, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Nick Geyser, the uh, fire chief for the city of Biloxi. We'll see you after this break. 
subscribe to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Nick Geyser, who's the chief of fire department for the city of Biloxi. And uh, hey, listen, we're going to talk about holiday cooking safety, which, by the way, frying turkeys is extremely dangerous if you don't know what <laughs> you're doing. We'll, we'll talk about that real quick. But tell me about Blaze. Oh, okay. Um, Blaze, he is... Um, so he is kind of a, a personal family dog slash the fire dog. Um, he, you know, of course, goes back and forth from my home to uh, to the office uh, on almost every day. Uh, the only reason he is not here right now um, is because he's getting his hair done. So he, uh, he is a Labradoodle, um, about a 70-pound Labradoodle. Uh, he's, he's just a big, uh, big goofball. Um, but man, it's been a it's been a pleasure having him around here. Uh, all of the office staff here loves him. They all keep treats in their desk, and uh, he likes to sneak off. And uh, if uh, if he can get out the front door, he goes and visits uh, our our police brothers and sisters over there. And he will be in all kinds of offices, just weaving in and out. Uh, and they'll you know come back asking me if I if I lost something. Um, <laughs> but he. He is a character. He is a uh, he is a big furry. Uh, looks like a Muppet. Almost. <laughs> well, it's a it's an appropriate name, but it's also a cool name, Blaze. It just you know sounds like some kind of superhero, you know. <laughs> hey, you heard what I said to me. If you're if you're on Instagram, you can see these little short clips come across, you know, kind of randomly from time to time, showing someone dropping a um, a turkey into um, a you know boiling. Uh, that of uh, Greece, and it just absolutely erupts and uh, fire. But uh, you know, you would think by now people would really understand how to do that, right? You, know, you can just watch a YouTube video, and you can see what to be concerned about. But inevitably, you guys deal with it, don't you? Yes, sir. Unfortunately, um, you know, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's every year now. Uh, it seems like every year we hear, uh, you know, something happening coastwide. Might not necessarily be Biloxi uh, every year. Um, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, believe me, I love fried turkey more than <laughs> more than anybody. But uh, it is one of the most dangerous ways to uh, cook a turkey, and and really, where people get in trouble is having it in say like a covered area in a garage in a carport. Um, you know, typically you have the issues that you see on like your your YouTube videos where it does erupt. Uh, if it's out in a, a yard. You know, yeah, you're going to scorch your your grass, um, that sort of thing. Might even catch a tree on fire if you're near near some shrubbery or trees. But um, you know, we've we've even had some of our own, uh, you know, our own firefighters uh, that have have almost burned down the house because they they had it. It was raining, something along those lines. Of course, you don't want to have hot boiling liquid uh, in the rain, so they move it under and then they place that turkey and there's just that moisture that that causes that reaction and and it's it's a it's a bad business so we we always try to caution people on frying turkeys yeah one of the key things is make sure if you're going to do it make sure it's dethawed i mean that's the main that's one of the main things people put a frozen turkey and you you pointed out it was the the moisture it reacts to that grease and it could be incredibly violent response yes yeah and and 
a lot of times it isn't the house burning down. It's you burning yourself. And yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure many people have had just a little speck of that grease pop on their arm. Um, but it is never a nice thing getting uh, boiling grease. Uh, <laughs> no, no, actually, hey, listen, when I was in paramedic school at the University of Alabama in Birmingham, we were the burn center for the southeast at that time. And we would all as part of our paramedic training, we would get we were on call. And when when a bad uh, burn patient would come in, we would go in and you know, the debreeding process is part of the healing process. And, you know, I saw Usually it was um, someone trying to light a, you know, back, maybe back in those days, the charcoal lighter was a lot more dangerous. I mean, still dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. But people would use gasoline or maybe charcoal lighter was much more, you know, I don't know what the word is, flammable back in those days. But man, I mean, someone would take a can of Pam and it would blow blow up and just scatter all over. I mean, you, you can never take being around fire for granted you get you have got to always be on your guard and i see what the result of that looks like and you have to and it is life-changing yes sir yeah it's uh from what i understand i have never been burnt to the extent that i've had to have medical uh treatment for it but the ones that have said it is one of the worst pains that they have ever uh, experienced and it's not so much the initial you know because yeah. the, the burn once it gets severe enough it it severs those nerve endings but it's like you said, the the debreeding, the the just general care of trying to get that skin to grow back, the grafts and everything else. It's just a long, extensive process, and most of it's painful. Very, very painful. When you think about it, as we come to the end of the show together, if you, as, as people enter the holidays, enter you know this winter time, um, you know what what do you what do you, what advice you have them about keeping the house safe? Um, you know I. I I always try to say, you know, use your common sense. If it doesn't look right, if you're in a hurry, you know, maybe take that extra little step. Um, you know, of course, natural gas, propane gas, uh, things, a lot of times a rag gets set down and and, a, and a, the wrong burner turned on or like we've talked about the turkeys or other cooking methods, uh, you know, your charcoal grills like you talked about, using lighter fluid on the, the charcoal, trying to speed up the process. Um, you know, if, in my opinion, a lot of the problems are people getting in a hurry, got a lot going on. Uh, if you can just start an hour early, 30 minutes early, whatever you feel, that's a lot of the problem. Uh, that would help a lot of the problems. Slow down and use common sense. That that usually yes. is the thing that will save a lot of people and a lot of houses, actually. This yes, has sir. been the Chief of Fire from the City of Biloxi, Nick uh, Geyser. Uh, and I look forward to visiting with you again. It's been a, It's been a pleasure, my friend. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Supertalk MS Coast 103.1. A Supertalk Mississippi Media Production.